This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Deborah Wanger, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. You know, I actually said your name wrong because when you booked this interview on the podcast, you said my name is pronounced W-A-N-G hyphen G-R-R-R-R-R. So I guess I should say Deborah Wanger. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I get so many weird pronunciations of my name. I get Wagner. I get wanger i get wanger you know all kinds of dirty versions of it so i was trying to give you some phonetics but i guess i deserve that it's like i'm being eaten by a bear or something wanger. <laughs> i love it well before we get started i want to put you in context for my listener who is deborah wanger and what do you do well i'm a hyphenate I am an actor singer public speaker author human potential coach and uh mom Wow. Well, now I got to give you credit for being a mom. Moms are the greatest human beings in the world. Number one, because without moms, there would be no humans. Okay. Let's, sure, let's sure. start right there. Number two, moms have more patience. Uh, even impatient moms have more patience than anybody on this planet. Anyone who's going to allow having uh, to allow a human being grow in them for nine months. It's got to have a lot of pop. See, when God was going to decide who carried the child, the man or the woman, the man goes, I'll give you nine seconds. God says, that ain't going to work. Let's go to the woman. Right. <laughs> That's not in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> oh, it's not. Yeah, I, I missed that part. Is that then the New, new Testament? Yeah. Which is- <laughs> the New Testament. <laughs> um, so do you, are you, an, now I thought it was called, I thought if you're a woman, it's called an actress or is actor like the, like the, the big word? You know, I get that question a lot. Um, and some people are offended by actress. It's like saying stewardess or waitress uh, that, you know, many people prefer a gender neutral term. Gotcha. Um, and I don't care that much. Actors kind of general and, in je- you know, to be respectful for the people who do care. I just say actor. Okay. Now, do you act, sing and speak at the same time? Uh, <laughs> if you pay me enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I primarily do live musical theater when I'm performing. I do wow. some plays. Um, the public speaking is separate and I often speak to actors. I mean, that's kind of how I've made my bread and butter is coaching actors on health and wellness, finding a way to blend all of my, my skills and my hyphens into, into one, uh, you know, superpower. So, um, yeah, so I usually speak about acting and about, uh, self-care, uh, resilience, uh, how to not be a hot mess when, you know, for <laughs> actors and then branching off into entrepreneurs and, and civilians. Nice. I love it. Well, you know, what's interesting is I'm 55 years young. And when I was in high school and I was in college university for you, those of you outside the United States, we have to be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I dreaded, dreaded speaking in front of anyone, but all of a sudden a switch flipped somewhere after I graduated college. And now as it evident from the podcast, from my training, me and social media, you can't get me to shut up. So I don't know what happened, <laughs> but it's, it. it's a great thing. I got over it. Yes, I did. It's amazing though. Yeah. You know, for most people, it's their biggest fear, like more than drowning, more than death, more than <laughs> being eaten alive by crickets or whatever. It's, it's public speaking is people's biggest fear and it's primal. We don't want to get kicked out of the tribe and, you know, starve to death. So, so what is your biggest fear? Let's, let's just get really personal here. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's go there. Um, <laughs> you know, things I have nightmares about. Sure. It, go there. Okay. Um, my daughter's getting human trafficked. Like if you want to talk about that, that's what keeps me up at night or um, 
being in a plane crash that goes underwater and I'm trapped and then I drown. Mm. I mean, you know, this, <laughs> this is a really morbid kids. conversation, you know, know you but I always say people ask me, <laughs> how would you like to die? And I'm like, you know, I think I would like to die peacefully in my sleep. I don't want to get hit by a truck or in a plane no, crash no. or buried alive is one of my biggest fears. Oh, God. I mean, oh, my God. I saw one show many, many years ago. My wife and I saw a show. It was called Third Watch. And the guy was buried. The guy was chasing him. A criminal buried him in a in a, uh, a car and buried him under gravel. Yeah. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is my yeah. biggest fear. Because you hit by a bus, you're probably going to die instantly. But can you imagine suffocating to death? No, oh, like, God. Yeah. And then I really fear the impact it would have on my kids. You know, I really fear about, it's not necessarily about me anymore, but how the trauma of losing their mom. Mm. Well, okay, kids, this is great. What a, what a, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Well, we're going to switch gears because uh, one of the things you're really good at is you're a self-care and resilience specialist. And we went through something kind of big in 2020 and it's still going on now. Um, I wasn't watching the news. (laughs) Yeah. So this COVID thing is really annoying. Okay. You know, everybody thought last March, March, 2020, uh, maybe a couple weeks, you know, I thought maybe it was a flu maybe a month maybe six mm-hmm. weeks now it's like okay you know you can leave now okay we're done with you leave okay you're like that it, yeah it's like you're like the in-laws who stay like they keep extending their trip with you and you're like just go home <laughs> <laughs> so we're like okay covid go home take your kids and your family go back to wherever you came from um wherever it is some test tube or bottle or animal who care i don't even know but just go away but you know a lot of people are struggling with this because I don't think we will get to some point of some sense of normalcy, but I don't think we're going to go back to pre-COVID. What do you think about that? We won't. And in some ways, that's awesome. And in some ways, it's horrible. Um, Being able to work from home and having that flexibility is amazing. And I, I would love it if we could keep that to go back to the office, but also be able to work from home, to be able to call in sick and have people respect that. That'd be awesome. I mean. Think about going to school or going to work. If you were sick, you just had to power through and suck it up and go. And then you get everybody else sick. But now if you're allowed to work from home and Zoom call because you don't feel well, like that's that'd be a great advancement. Um, Less traffic, less pollution. You know, those things are great. And the fact that if my kids can, you know, not miss a day of school if they're sick or we're traveling or something, they can just Zoom in or Google Meet in to be inclusive. Um, those things would be great. Um, the not being able to see your friends, not being able to go to a restaurant, having all the theaters closed. Holy cow, that's had a huge impact on my industry and a lot of industries. Not being able to go to a wedding or a convention or some of those things. Those are huge. And of course, unemployment and yep. you know, the financial and health aspects are horrible. And you know, not being, I would love to not be afraid of everyone I encounter anymore, you know, being closer than six feet would be lovely. Yeah. But, um, but some of the new things might be great. And, you know, being able to wear a mask if you don't feel well and not feel freaky, that'd be great too. Like if you got a cold, wear a mask and then right. you're not sharing it with everybody in target. That's great. 
Um, you know what and- I think is funny? Uh, what I think, I don't mean to interrupt you here, okay. but what I think it's funny is like I live in Houston and if we're getting a torrential downpour or a hurricane, you can see it. If you live up north and, you know, you're getting a lot of snow, you can see it. But I look outside my, my spare bedroom here as I'm recording this interview with you and it's like, oh, it's overcast here in Houston. It's 68 degrees. You can't see COVID. You know, you can't. And we're like, why is everything shut down? Can you imagine if a Martian dropped down? He's like, where is everybody? Because you can't <laughs> see it. I think I think that's part of the problem that people deal with is, you know, if you had a hurricane coming, like I said, you could see it, but you you can't see this virus. You see people wearing masks. Like, why are they wearing masks? It's a glorious day outside. And I think that may have some of the mental problems, not mental problems, mental issues people are dealing with is you can't put your hand on it. Like back in World War II, Hitler was the enemy. Okay. We could see him. We knew who he was. This, we can't see the enemy. I think that's what's really affecting people. Would you agree with that? Yeah. If we saw those little spiky balls <laughs> floating through the air or yeah. something. You know, like in the animations that we see, like then it's like, okay, but it's hard to wrap your brain around a threat that's there, but you don't, yeah, you don't see it. You don't hear it. And unless someone is actively coughing or on a ventilator or something, you just, it's hard to wrap your brain around. Or yeah. unless you know someone who has COVID, right? then you may, then it becomes more real. But for me, I don't know anybody who has COVID. Now, now I'm, that, that's because I'm a hermit. Okay. I don't leave my house. I'm like a hermit. So I don't watch the news. So that's, that's part of the reason why I, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends in New York. Um, and met, some of them got it very early before things were really shut down. Um, I do have, uh, I have a friend who is a physician and, and she got it. Um, gratefully, I don't know anyone who was very ill from it, but, um, definitely people who were knocked out for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, I do know people who had it and, um, of varying degrees of, of illness. And then I, you know, I do know one, one guy's secondhand who went to friends of friends who was, who passed from it. But, um, you know, gratefully I haven't lost anyone, but, um, I know people who have, but I do know. I definitely know people who who got sick. Hey there, it's Mark, and I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski Insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Well, my my father, he will be 80 years old at the end of this month, and he drinks this drink called the Manhattan. It's the most (laughs) awful tasting drink I, and he had me he had me he, he had yeah he had me taste it once i'm like oh my gosh dad this is horrible i said keep drinking that you're good covid won't come around you you keep it drinking those things it's gonna go no way uh so we have we have that joke my dad and i um that's not scientifically proven folks so don't don't start drinking manhattan <laughs> think you're gonna get cured of covid i'm just making a making light of the subject we need to laugh even this day and time so what can we do? Let's get let's get really down and get tactical here, Deborah. What can we do as we're dealing with COVID? As we're dealing with like the travel agency, uh, travel industry is basically shut down. These Hollywoods is starting to come back to life a little bit. How can we deal with this? Because I know you're a specialist in self care and resilience. I mean, giving up or binge watching the news all day, please don't do that. Or Netflix, right. that's not going to make you feel good. So, what are some really practical tips that we can do that we can deal with this thing called COVID? Right. Because the world has changed and it's pretty stressful. And even me, who coaches people on resilience all day long. The first few months of this, when school was shutting down and work was shutting down and all my friends were unemployed, uh, I was pretty wiki. Um, So one of the biggest things that you mentioned was turning off the news. Really, 
minimizing the the you know the fear from the you know the crisis news network and all those other <laughs> you know and even I love media. that that is <laughs> that is so, <laughs> the crisis news network that's awesome thank you I think I I, bo- I borrowed that but yeah um or even Facebook because Facebook was all my friends panicking you know it wasn't enough pictures of puppies and you know or manipulating your feed so you're getting more like exercise tips and you know cat videos and less the house is on fire videos, you know, less people panicking. I, I would get on Facebook and all my friends venting would get me more stressed yeah. or, you know, I was kind of getting secondhand news, which was just as bad. So uh, careful about the inputs you're getting and who you're, that you're talking to positive people and not just complainers, not just people who are freaking out. The other thing that is so, so helpful is movement, exercise, mm. uh, I found that that was a huge thing for me and my clients is getting some intense exercise, run around the block. You've got an exercise bike, you know, move the, all the, it's it's no longer a mini clothing rack, you know, use it. Um, And that will, it helps burn off the crazy, you know, burn off the anxiety, Um, fresh air, you know, take a walk around the block, walk your dog. If you have one, walk your cat. If your cat will let you. Walk Um, your imaginary dog. (laughs) Why not? Yeah. Play fetch with yourself. Um, but yeah, fresh air, sunshine, you know, especially cause that's one of the only things you can do right now. Right. As far as most places, gyms are not open and you don't even need a gym, but, uh, you know, or get your dumbbells or soup cans or do something movement. It, what you, your brain will thank you if you move your body. Yeah. I will that's- tell you this. Uh, we had hurricane Herbie hit Houston in August of 2017 and although where we live in the West side, we did not flood. We did have during the height of the storm, two or three, two to three feet of water in our street. So we couldn't go anywhere, obviously. Um, but I read an article on runnersworld.com that said what I learned from running one mile a day every day for 250 days. And I remember saying to myself, I could run a mile. And so on August 29, 2017, I started and I've run over 1,260 days in a row. And I've run when it's hot and the cold and the rain. And it's like, this is February 10th. So it's kind of really warm here in Houston, but we got a cold front coming down from the North this weekend. Sundays is going to be a low of 21. Monday's going to be a low of 21, 21 degrees. That's really stinking cold here in Houston, but I will still get up at five o'clock in the morning. I will bundle up like my mother used to bundle me up when I was a little boy. And I will go running outside for 30 minutes because I know the importance of moving first thing in the morning. I, I learned that from Robin Sharma's book, best-selling book, The 5 a.m. Club. Recommend everybody mm-hmm. buy that book. Uh, you got to move. A lot of people get up, and the first thing they do is they pick up their phone, and they're getting in the, the world of news and social media and email and messaging. And so your day's already shot because now you've woken up from a good night's sleep, and you're like, oh, crap, this thing happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. That's not a good way to start your day. So I, I agree with you. Start your day moving first thing in the morning. Elevate that heart rate. Break out in the sweat. You don't have to go outside. Do the treadmill. You know, do a dance what, dance around your house. Do something because that wakes the brain up. Um, I, I, I agree with you. Getting your phone or in the news is a bad thing to do first thing in the morning. Absolutely. And you're setting the tone with how you choose to um, start the morning. I love uh, Robin Sharma and then also Hal, El- Hal Elrod. My friend wrote, uh, you know, The Miracle Morning Guy, great books on how to start with great morning habits to put you in the right mindset. But the other thing about the exercise is you say, you know, you run a mile. That's amazing. Great. But if the idea of running a mile makes your head explode, 
run a block, (laughs) you know, do one push up. It doesn't, the habit doesn't have to be this huge, overwhelming thing. And then you're never going to do it. Like do anything, you know? Yes. And there's so much free content out there. There's so much YouTube and, you know, exercise on Amazon and, and Netflix and, you know, apps, you know, the seven minute workout, there's so much out there. So it's, there's, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, just, you know, Google five minute exercises or something, or there's so many great things to, um, to get you, get you going, but don't worry about, Oh, I can't do a mile. So I'm not going to do anything. Exactly. And, and you don't have to run. You can walk a brisk walk. You can, you know, like I said, dance around your house like a crazy person because you don't know how to dance. I don't know how to dance, but get the heart elevated because if you are starting your morning looking at the news or social media or your messages, like you just said, it's going to set the tone for the whole day and you're going to feel like blah the whole day. So guard your first hour to 90 minutes of your day. And I don't care if you have kids. Let's not make excuses here. Let's say, you know what? I'm going to start my day waking up happy. And I think if people started doing that, it's going to be hard. If you're used to checking your social media feeds first thing in the morning for 20 years or 15 years, whatever the case may be, you're checking the news. It's going to take time. Robin Sharma, as you know, says it takes 66 days to install a new habit. And it's going to get kind of hard and kind of messy. But if you make it through, like I can't imagine not getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning or I can't imagine not running. I run three miles every morning now. I can't imagine not running first thing in the morning. Because I've installed that habit in me. And, and you've got to understand that if you want to instill a habit, it's not going to just, oh, look at I fell into this habit. No, you fall into bad habits. But if you want good habits, it's going to take some work and some patience and some pain. Mm-hmm. But also you'll feel better. And that's a great reward. You'll, yes. And, uh, you know, once you start feeling better, you can spiral upward with it. And if you can't not use your phone for the first hour or 90 minutes, that sounds overwhelming. I, I like to break habits down into doable things say I'm not going to look at my phone for the first five minutes after I work you know until I've done my five minutes of push-ups or whatever then I can look at my phone and then extend it slowly if the idea of waiting an hour just makes your head explode okay wait five minutes you can do that I put my phone in my bathroom at night so I could still hear it if somebody you know if god forbid and somebody calls me in the middle of night and really needs me but it's not right by my head I'm also not cooking my brain with whatever's emitting from the phone, but it's not right there. So if it's not, it's just like not, don't have a bowl of cookies right in front of you on your desk, right? You're less in, if you have to go into the cabinet or go to the store to buy the cookies, you're a lot less likely to eat them, right? If they're right there, you're going to eat. Same thing with your phone. If it's right there in reach, you're much more likely to check it. Yeah. So one of the things I do. A little further I- away. Yeah. Well, I, I charge my iPhone right next to my bed. So maybe I'm going to get a radioactive uh, zombie brain. But what I do is I have an Apple watch when I go to bed, I put it on sleep mode. And so if you, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I want to you know go to the restroom, come back, if I tap my iPhone, it'll say, hope you're sleeping well. It, you can't even like, you have to go through a couple steps to unlock the phone. Right. So they've got this thing that says, Hey, uh, you really should, you should be back in bed. And so I'm not tempted at all to check my phone. Look, I'm not that important, Deborah. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> the leader of my country has never texted me called me or anything. So, you know, but I do have a, you know, I have um, my phone set up that if my parents, they live in uh, South of Orlando, if something happens to them, they could get through even on do not disturb because they're important. So now if you have that feature, 
Don't add like 30 people on there. Only the really important people get access to me anytime, anywhere because they need to. Um, but you, you use this technology to keep you from checking your phone all the time. I promise you, like you said already so well, uh, better than I did is if you get up in the morning and you write in your gratitude journal or you plan your day or you read something inspirational, the Bible or some other holy text, that is going to get you off to a better start than if you entered the world of other people's problems on social media or an email. Yeah. And we're might, most people, the mental game is might as well. Well, I already ruined the day because I, you know, checked my phone or I ate crappy food or whatever it was. Um, then you're like, well, it's already shot. So I might as well keep going with that. But it works in, you know, oh, well, I already worked out or I already did my gratitude journal and, you know, three pushups or called a friend or whatever it is that puts you in the in a good zone. Then you might as well keep going. And now I might as well drink 32 ounces of water and I might as well eat, eat a salad or whatever your healthy habits are. So you can build you can spiral up, upward or downward, you know, with whatever trend you set. So I love it. So why do you call yourself the bulletproof human potential coach? I, I love those four words. Well, um, because that's how I'm certified. I um, was in the first class ever of Dave Asprey's coaching program. He's the bulletproof executive, the bulletproof okay. coffee guy. Um, he coined the word biohacking. So he's the considered oh, wow. the father of biohacking. So he's been around for a while and I was following his blogs and, and stuff. This is before books and, you know, before, before he was, books, before <laughs> yeah. his How books. Old are you? Before I said, back in the day. And we walked five feet in the snow and we liked it. Um, <laughs> so, um, he started a coaching program and I was one of his Guinea pigs. So, um, we learned about all kinds of health principles nutrition, sleep, relationships, uh, you know, biohacking, exercise, uh, stress management, you know, coaching skills, all kinds of stuff. And um, they said, you are now a human potential coach. So that's what, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Cause I, you know, that's, I don't want to, I don't just do health and wellness. I don't just do life coaching, you know, that there's kind of a stigma with life coaching. Um, so I guess I'm a human potential coach. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to mrproductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. I remember when I first became a productivity guy, I hung my shingle out and I thought <laughs> foolishly that productivity was just calendar apps and to-do lists and maybe a notes app. And now I realize that productivity is a ginormous umbrella. It includes health and wellness, mental health, exercise. You know, there's so much to personal development all falls under uh, the productivity umbra umbrella. So I'm always telling people, they go, well, what can I do to become more productive? And it depends on, you know, how, how well I know them and what kind of mood I'm in. I'm like, okay, what are you eating? I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm asking about your productivity tips. Well, yeah, but if you're eating 45 Oreo cookies a day, well, it's kind of hard to have energy to be productive. So I could take it from any angle. Okay. Like I only drink water. Okay. I drink water morning, noon, and night. I don't drink any other beverage. I always hit right in front of me right now. I have my Contigo water full up with the uh, mountain spring water. 
um, because water does the body good. Your body's made up of 60% water. Your blood's made up of 90% water. I think water is kind of important. So yep. I spend extra money to buy the good tasting water because if you don't like the water, you won't drink it. But it's little things like that. It's not just just drinking water or just running or just eating salad. It's the cumulative effect of all of them working together. Absolutely. And even if somebody comes to me for coaching and they want to earn more money or improve their marriage or whatever it is, I still will check in with them and make sure they're eating well, sleeping well, moving well, all that stuff. I completely agree. If your body's not in shape, if you don't have energy, if you're still have brain fog or you're using something, sugar, cigarettes, whatever it is to get you through the day, you're not going to be able to be your best. You know, your brain doesn't work well. You're not going to be your most productive. You're not going to be in a good mood. You're not going to be giving mm -hmm. your all to other people, whether it's your kids, your coworkers, your spouse, whatever. So yeah, we can't isolate our brain and our feelings and all that from our body. It's a, it's a package deal. I, I think people are so amazed. I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I've been doing it since February of uh, actually February 4th, 2020 is when I started. And they're like, well, how do you get all the sleep you need? Well, I'm in bed by nine. Screens are off by eight. I'm in bed by nine. They're like, what about the TV shows? There's these things called DVRs. And so I never watch a show live except for Super Bowl, the one show a year I watch live. And so I record everything and watch the next day. So I'm in bed at nine and I give it at five. That's eight hours of sleep. So yeah. There's ways to do it. And the most successful people, if they're early to bed, early to rise, who said that? Makes you healthy, mm -hmm. wealthy, and wise. Someone really famous, one of the founders of our country said that. So it's really it's really important. You don't need to stay up to 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and then get up at noon. I mean, a lot of people are doing it now because of COVID. They're, I find it sad because they don't have a job to go to. I'm like, well, you should still go to bed at a reasonable hour, get up at a reasonable hour, and then wake up like, okay, this is. A, I'm going to take this day seriously. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people go, well, I don't have a job. I guess I'm going to watch Netflix all day. And I'm like, why? I, I don't. Those. I don't understand those people because, especially when I see they have so much potential, but they're allowing the freedom to overtake their lives, and it's not a good sense of freedom. Right. Right. It's just like you know kids you know if you oh we can stay up all night and we can do all these things and you know mom's not looking and uh, you know and uh you know maybe for a while it, it works but then you just don't feel good you know <laughs> so you know at some point you mature enough to say i don't you know i'm choosing you know you, you make choices and I, I choose to feel better i choose to be more productive i you know i don't want to you know if you're watching netflix and eating cheetos all day how do you feel <laughs> How much are you getting done? You know, and when you do get the call for that job interview, are you going to be able to present your best self? Yep. Are you going to feel good? Are you going to, um, so yeah, it's hard when you don't have a, a boss, you don't have a job, you don't have a, a reason. Uh, so you got to make your own reason. Cause that, how about I want to feel good or I want to, you know, COVID we hope is not going to last forever. At some point the world will start turning again. And um, where do you want to be? How do you want to feel when that when that happens? I love it. Well, I think we've given the audience enough to chew on. You gave us a lot of information to think about. Like I always tell you, listener, just pick one thing that Deborah said or I said maybe, and just go implement it. Okay, don't don't try to do everything because you'll get overwhelmed and quit. We don't want that. Right. But now, one of my favorite parts of the show, other than interviewing you, of course, that was a highlight of my show. But 
I like to do this thing called mic swap. So I allow you to be the temporary host of the Mark Stucheski podcast. You don't have to say the name Stucheski. Um, so you can ask me one or two questions. Anything's on your mind. It keeps me sharp and I'm sure it entertains the audience. So you are the temporary host of the show. So Deborah, take it away. Well, thank you, Mark. Okay, Mark, I would like to hear your top three productivity hacks. Okay. Well, number one, always tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. You plan. You don't hope you get time to do thus and such. You actually put it on your calendar. And I don't mean just the appointments. I mean time to read, time to exercise, time to be quiet, put it on your schedule. But also don't schedule every minute. Allow your schedule to breathe. Number two, it's okay to watch TV but make sure you're in control of the TV or of the technology. Okay. Really important that you're the human being and it's just electrical piece of technology. And number three, turn off 99% of your notifications. I highly recommend you do what I call a notification cleanse, go through all your notifications and all your devices, turn off any notification that does not serve you. Personally, I have my calendar alerts on. I have my to-do lists on, although most of my to-dos now wind up in my bullet journal, which is a handwritten um, notebook. Uh, I have weather apps. and I did say apps. I, I love weather apps. Uh, my credit debit card, uh, you know, I have the apps to them. So if, if Deborah's using my card in her part of the world, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not over there. That's kind of important. No social media, no email. I don't have any have news apps on my phone. So those are my top three tips. Great. Thank you. And actually, I incorporate many of those myself. All right. Um, Music to my ears. So what in your life have you not done, but you really want to do? Like, what's next for you? What's the next horizon? Well, when COVID finally leaves, this is actually a good question. Not was, is a good question because a previous <laughs> guest asked me, okay, what do you want to do with your running streak? And I run every day around my house. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, I think I want to run at least one mile in every state in the United States. And they go, wow, that's great. And I'm like, you know what? I want to run one mile in as many countries as I can in the world. Um, That'd be pretty cool. Right now I've got one, (laughs) United States. (laughs) So, um, And I got two states. I got Florida and I've got Texas because my parents live in Florida. But I think that's something I'd really like to do. And maybe do something where, you know, I, I have a page on my website and maybe take a picture of the road sign or something like that. It's a work in progress. Again, COVID's got to leave uh, like those in-laws that overstayed their welcome um, because I would like to do this and say, hey, you know, and be on social media and say, hey, here I am. I just ran five miles in Spain. I just ran five miles in Ireland. You know, I ran five miles in Italy. I think it'd be really cool to be able to do that. So that's one thing I'm really working on. It's really uh, the top of my list now. I love that. And when you come to California, I will run that mile with you. All right. Well, I, I'm up to three miles now. Can you handle three miles? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done 5Ks, so that's close. I just don't know if I'm in running shape, but yeah, why not? Well, I'll I think we get it. You have a you little wagon. Here, I, I'll do it. I, I could tie a little rope around me and pull you around the wagon when you get tired. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Well, those are great questions. Thank you so much for asking. The final question I ask every one of my guests is where can we go find out more about you and what you're all about and what you do? DebraWanger.com. It's where you'll find everything you've ever wanted to know about me. D-E-B-R-A-W-A-N-G-E-R.com. So there's info on on my books, on coaching, on uh, you'll be able to find a link to this podcast if, well, you already found it if you're listening, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. I may, I (laughs) 
congratulations, you found yourself. Um, and news and whatever else. Also, my books are on Amazon and Audible. Do you read your own books? I do. Excellent. I do. That was really important to me because I really think you get extra from hearing the author read their own work. Yes. Unless your name is Stephen Covey, never buy his audiobook, his fantastic book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's a great book. It's a classic. It's a great but book. don't get the audiobook because he reads it and he's mm-hmm. monotone. He had all the money in the world. He could have had one of these professional announcers. So if you read like Charlie Brown's teacher, yeah. like don't don't read your own book, okay? But I know you've got the energy, so you won't put people to sleep. Uh, I I it was so disappointed. I returned the book to Audible. I'm like, now wow. he passed away, but I'm like, yeah. if I could have talked to him, I was like, dude, really? Were you hurting for money? I mean, you know, when you <laughs> when you tell a funny story and you have no emotion. So, I mean, I love the book. Phenomenal. But he should not have read his own book. Gotcha. So, gotcha. so DebraWanger.com is where it's at. Deborah, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a ton of fun having you here. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.